Hi everyone, it's Gina McKay, and I'm back with a brand new episode of Black Tech Unplugged, the podcast that allows Blacks in tech to share their authentic stories with you, the listener. You can find full show notes for this episode on blacktechunplugged.com. On today's episode, it is a solo episode of me telling you all about Scrum. So on this episode, I describe what Scrum is. I talk about the key Scrum players when it comes to working on a project. And then finally, I go over the ceremonies that are used when creating a product using Scrum. This is kind of an extension of episode 53, where I started off talking about being a Scrum master and expanding on the general concept of Scrum. I hope everyone appreciates today's episode. I hope it's helpful for anyone who is getting into the agile slash scrum environment at work. Before we hop into today's episode, I just want to reiterate that I am still doing career coaching. So if you're looking to improve your career or take a pivot into tech, I can help you with that. And so if you're interested, please use the link in the show notes and reach out to me and we can set up some time to see if we're a match when it comes from a coaching perspective. All right, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. Again, I hope you like it. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on, as well as share it with your friends. So again, this episode is going to be all about Scrum. I'm excited for you to hear it. So let's get it. Hi everyone, so if you listened to the first episode of this season, episode 53 to be specific, you heard me talk about being a Scrum Master in tech. After that episode, I got a ton of questions about what is Scrum and how tech companies are using it. So I'm back with a new solo episode to walk you all through all the details about Scrum, the ceremonies, and the key Scrum players. So, begin today's episode, what is Scrum? Scrum is a framework that helps teams work together. Think of Scrum as a sports game. Your team is training for the big game, the championship. Scrum is a methodology that teams use to encourage teams to learn through their experiences, help teams self-organize while working on a problem, and reflect on their wins and losses to continuously improve. While Scrum is frequently used by software development teams, its principles and lessons can be applied to all kinds of teamwork. It can be used by different industries. I'm talking hotel management, manufacturing, anything you can think of, Scrum can help. This is one of the reasons Scrum is so popular, because of its flexibility. And overall, Scrum is really just a set of meetings, tools, and roles that work and work together to help teams structure and manage their work. So, let's dive in deeper and talk about the key players when it comes to Scrum. On a scrum team, typically have less than nine people. Why? Because you don't need too many cooks in the kitchen. We've all seen it happen on projects, and having less than nine people is really that sweet spot when it comes to scrum. So in my personal experience, for large enterprise projects, the ideal scrum team size is about seven people. That would be a product owner, scrum master, and five on the development team. Now, for smaller projects, typically a team consists of four team members, a product owner, scrum master, and two developers. Teams smaller than four technically would be scrum, but it would be a lot of overhead with all the activities. So having a team smaller than four is not really ideal. Now, let me dive into the roles of the scrum team. Let's start with the product owner, or PO. So there's only one product owner per team. For anyone asking why, it's because the PO is responsible for defining the direction of a project. That means this person has to have a clear understanding of what the business and users need from the product, 
that's being developed. Ultimately, has to communicate the business and user needs to the team. So the PO is very important when it comes to the scheme because they are holding and passing along a lot of knowledge. So additionally, the PO has to make sure that the product being developed delivers maximum value for the business and users. One way that they assist with this is by prioritizing the work the Scrum team does, managing the product backlog to move production along and show value with every iteration of the project. So I want to go back for a second because I mentioned this product backlog. Backlog. And some of you might not know what that is. So a product backlog is a prioritized list of work for the development team. It comes from a project roadmap and its requirements. The most important items are shown at the top of the product backlog. The team knows what to deliver first. I want to note that when I say a PO manages this backlog, what I truly mean is they do about four things. They develop and explicitly communicate the product goal. They create and clearly communicate the product backlog items. They also order or prioritize the product backlog items. And lastly, they ensure that the product backlog is transparent, visible, and another thing to note is that the development team doesn't work through the backlog at the PO's pace. The PO isn't pushing the work to the development team, which is very key because as we know, sometimes People like to push those deadlines and push the work on team. That's not what's supposed to happen here. Instead, the development team is supposed to pull work from the product backlog as there is capacity for the team to work on it. Another thing to note is that the development team doesn't work through the backlog. The PO is a very important part of the scrum team. Now, if someone is interested in a PO role or is hiring a PO, few characteristics that I suggest that you look for in that person is one, great communication. As I said, you're communicating the needs of the business and users and you have to be knowledgeable and you have to be able to say, explain that to people on the business side as well as technical individuals. So you have to be able to talk the business and the development team. And most importantly, you have to understand what you are communicating. That's no easy feat. Second characteristic that a PO should have if they're going to be successful is analytical skills. There's going to be a lot of feedback. There's going to be a lot of analytical thinking in regards to building or developing the product that the team is working on. So a PO needs to have those skills in order for the team to be successful. Lastly, a PO has to know when to say no. The product owner isn't there to implement everyone's feedback. So for a PO, the word no is essential. All right, so let's talk about Scrum Masters, which is obviously my favorite role. If you listened to episode 53 of the podcast, you heard the details on this role. Before reviewing the roles today of a Scrum team, I'll say that the Scrum Master makes sure that the team follows agile best practices and is in charge of addressing and removing any blockers their team members may experience. Basically, the Scrum Master is the authority when it comes to agile and Scrum on a team. Think of Scrum Masters as supportive leaders, or as we're often called, servant leaders. We often help the product owners to find the product's value, we help the development team plan work, and we help the product owners manage the backlog. We also help the developers become self-organizing and make sure that they stay productive. So I talked about the product owner and scrum master, but last and never least, let's get to the people who are doing the actual work, the development team. The development team are people with the skills to build the actual product as envisioned by the product owner, business, and users. I want to clear up a common misconception about the development team. The development team isn't always only developer. Sometimes the team consists of architects, writers, designers, and other specialized roles. But all of these roles are considered part of the development team. In Scrum, developers self-organize and are the authorities of their domain when it comes to determining how work will be performed and planning the backlog. As a Scrum rule of thumb, collaboration is involved in their day-to-day roles. They determine how to perform the work to create the product and work independently to manage and complete their work. Okay, so that rounds out the actual members of the Scrum team. However, there are a few honorable mentions that I want to talk about that are relative to the project. First up, you've got the business. 
Many scrum teams work closely with the business team to gather and clarify organizational requirements for product and development. The business team has experience and knowledge that can be extremely useful to a development project, but they are not, I repeat, they are not considered an official part of a scrum team. Instead, a representative from the business team, sometimes called the business owner, acts as a sponsor for the scrum team. Next up for honorable mention, we have subject matter experts. A SME is a person who possesses crucial knowledge that the team needs to successfully deliver their product. These people know the ins and outs of all the processes and can offer their expertise to ensure that the new product serves both business and user needs. I want to call out one thing. SMEs are also considered stakeholders, but not all stakeholders have to be SMEs. So a team member of one scrum team can even be a SME for another scrum team. But remember, a SME is also not part of the scrum team. This person cannot be held responsible nor accountable for any work that they do for the team. So I've talked about all the key players and even some honorable mentions. But the big question that still remains, how does Scrum bring these people together to make a product? So I'm going to go into the ceremonies that actually take place for the product to be developed by the Scrum. So first off, let's start with teams work in sprints. Sprints are the heartbeat of Scrum. This is where your ideas are turned into value. So typically a sprint lasts a week or up to three weeks. Every company is different. Every project is different. I've seen the sweet spot being that sprints are two weeks long. A new sprint starts immediately after the conclusion of the previous sprint. So let's talk through the sprint cycle and what actually happens. Sprint cycle begins with sprint planning. So that initiates the sprint and it lays out the work to be performed by the development team. A sprint plan is ultimately created during sprint planning and it's a collaborative work of the entire sprint team. During sprint planning, three questions are addressed. One is why is this sprint valuable? Two, what can be done this sprint? And three, how will the chosen work get done? In order to achieve their goal, the scrum master makes sure to time box the session and keep everyone on task. However, during sprint planning, the product owner leads the session. The product owner makes sure that the attendees are prepared to discuss the most important product backlog items, also known as user stories, and how they map to the product goal. So for those who don't know what a product goal is, it describes the future state of the product, which can serve as a target for the Scrum team to plan again. Also, since I'm elaborating, I want to define what a user story is and the process it takes to get a fully ready user story. The user story is a brief, plain language explanation of a feature or functionality. Many agile experts describe a user story as the smallest unit of product development work that can lead to a complete element of user functionality. User stories are what the development team works on within a sprint or iteration, and they're written by the product owner. Now, most teams use a similar user story template, and typically it's just a sentence or two, and it's usually following the format of as a particular user, so a description of a user, I want, and then a functionality, so that, and then the benefit of that functionality. And then every user story also has acceptance criteria, and that also has a template. So acceptance criteria is basically the development team deems as the story being done. So in that case, it would be given how things begin, when, when a particular action is taken, then the outcome of taking that action. So when writing user stories, five things should be in your mind. One is decide what done will look like. That is your acceptance criteria. And in most cases, the user story describes an end state. When the user is able to complete the task or achieve the goals described, you need to have this end state in mind when you write the stories. So the rest of the team has an idea of how they can mark their development work as done. This is also known as the definition of done. Step two is to document task and subtasks. Although your user story will include the standard statement described, so as a user, I want so that, 
You will also need to document the details required to complete the development work described in the story. That means outlining tasks and subtasks and making sure that they are completed so that your development work is functioning properly when it's time to test your user story. Step three is to determine your user personas or the person that is going to actually be using this functionality. So basically, who is served during this story? Which type of user or customer would need this functionality? You need to document that upfront so that everyone on the team is aware and you can stay laser focused on helping a specific persona achieve a specific objective for each story. Step four is creating stories as ordered steps. The reason that you want to do this is to keep your thoughts organized in regards to when you're creating the story. If you create the stories as ordered steps, there'll be less confusion and you'll be able to logically remember the steps and functionality for each of the stories that you're creating. And last but not least, draft stories that can be completed in one sprint. If a user story would take more than one sprint to complete, that means the story is way too big and should be broken down into several smaller stories. This way, the team gets a sense of completion in each sprint because they're able to complete some new functionality each time. It allows your team to push out new functionality to the market more frequently. Now, once your user story is written, that doesn't mean that you're finished. User stories need to be reviewed by all of the cross-functional team and they need to be deemed as ready. So the team does backlog refinement sessions. A backlog refinement is a time to review stories and add any technical details. You discuss this user story with your team. You answer any related questions, smooth out any ambiguity. If there's any questions on the story and there's more details that need to be added, that means the story is not ready and you cannot pull a story into a sprint until it's ready. Also during backlog refinement, any stories that are larger in size, that is the time where you break down those larger stories into smaller tasks. Backlog refinement is also a time to ensure upcoming user stories meet the definition of them by adding any key contextual information and acceptance criteria. And then sometimes, but not always, the delivery team will use the session to estimate stories and assign story points. Story point is really just a metric used in Scrum to estimate the difficulty of implementing a given user story. Basically, it's a number that tells the team the difficulty level of the story. Most teams or most projects use the Fibonacci scale in order to story point, but every team is different. Now, the entire cross-functional team should be at these refinement sessions because facilitator or time boxer is needed, and that is usually the Scrum Master or product owner. The product owner needs to bring the user stories to the team and explain what they've written in regards to the details. The delivery team is in the refinement session to ask questions about the user stories and call out risks, dependencies, and other technical details to be added to the story. And QA representatives need to be present in order to ask questions as well. Some helpful tools that you can use for backlog refinement are Planet Poker, Pointing Poker, Trello, and Jira. Trello and Jira are used so you can present the story to the team and the details can be seen by all team members. Planet Poker, Planet Poker and Pointing Poker can be used in your story when you want to estimate the stories. Now for each selected back, product backlog item within sprint planning, the development team plans the work necessary to create an increment that meets the definition of done. This is done by decomposing the product backlog items into smaller work items of one day or less. That's what you do in backlog refinement. So this is all done with the sole discretion of the development team. No one tells them how to turn the backlog items into increments of value. This is all done collaboratively. 
after dopamine. So in the end, when you are in sprint planning, the goal is to have the sprint goal, the product backlog items selected for the sprint, plus the plan for delivering them together, referred to as a sprint backlog, and those are all created during sprint planning. So during sprint planning, tools a team can utilize are any tool that you can use to store your backlog or user stories in sprint data. Most teams I've experienced have used Jira or Rally. Sometimes teams use Miro as well. And so those are just a few options if you're looking for options for your team to do backlog refinement and sprint planning. All right. Once a team determines the work to be done in their sprint and they've ended their sprint planning, they move on to having daily scrums. It's basically just a 15 minute meeting for the development team of the scrum team. Daily scrum is not, I repeat, it is not a status meeting, but it focuses on the progress being made toward the sprint goal and produces an actionable plan for the next day. So during the daily scrum, daily huddle, whatever you want to call it, because everyone calls it something different and you'll learn that as you go to various teams and companies, but the daily scrum is basically, it's shown to improve communications and identify impediments for the team. It also promotes quick decision-making and eliminates the need for other meetings. Now, during the daily scrum, the scrum master ensures that the meeting actually happens. So they make sure that the meeting is on everyone's calendar, but it's ultimately the development team's responsibility to conduct the daily scrum. A couple tools to use in the daily stand-up or daily huddle are Jira, Rally, Airtable, really anything that is visual so that the team can see visually what they're working on in that sprint and how the stories are moving across to get to that place of done. We're in a two-week sprint, and we're near the two-week mark, or when the sprint is close to completion, team hosts what's called a sprint review. The purpose of a sprint review is for the scrum team to present the results of their work to key stakeholders and to highlight their progress toward the product goal. The sprint review may include the scrum team and key stakeholders invited by the product owner. Members of the scrum team explain what product backlog items have been done and what has not been done. The developers get to demo all the wonderful things that they've completed, aka everything that is technically done and they get to answer questions about it. And lastly, the entire group collaborates on what to do next so that the sprint review provides valuable input that will also help the team for sprint planning. Basically, the end result is a revised product backlog as well as defines the probable product backlog items for the next sprint. But most importantly, and what I feel like people often use sprint review for is to show the amazing work that they've produced thus far. The whole point of Agile is to continuously be providing values for the business and users. So the sprint review offers the opportunity to show the work that has been done. Tools that you can utilize for a sprint review are PowerPoint, Google Slides, Jira, or other tools to pull data charts. So PowerPoint or Google Slides could be used in order to share the messaging around what's been completed as well as what the product backlog goal is. So basically just any messaging around the project that would be valuable for the stakeholders. You could use Jira to show what stories were completed as well as what stories will roll over to the next sprint. You can also use Jira or another tool like Rally to pull data and charts for this particular presentation. So from a sprint review perspective, maybe people are interested in what the team's velocity is or what the burndown is for the product you're creating. Those are tools that you can use in order to show that information within the sprint review. So last but never least, in the sprint, the team has a retrospective. The purpose of the sprint retrospective is for the team to plan ways to increase quality and effectiveness. During the retro, the scrum team discusses how the last sprint went with regards to individuals, interactions, processes, tools, and their definition of done. During the retrospective, the scrum team usually answers three questions. One, what went well during the sprint? Two, what problems did they encounter? 
Three, how those problems were or were not solved. So during the retrospective, the Scrum Master encourages the team to improve the process and practices to make it more effective and enjoyable for the next round. By the end of the retro, the Scrum team should have identified improvements that will be implemented in the next sprint, and implementing those improvements will improve effectiveness. Some tools you can use for a retro are Easy Retro, Miro, Parable, and Fun Retro. And there you have it. That describes the Scrum team, the key players, and how a team works together to use Scrum to complete a product or complete their product development. I hope all this information was helpful for you today. If you have more questions or need to elaborate on some of the topics, feel free to reach out. I hope this is helpful for everyone who's looking to use Scrum or get into agile projects. Thank you for listening to Black Tech Unplugged. I'm Dina McKay, and you can find the show on all social media platforms under Black Tech Unplugged. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this episode. And if you have a few extra minutes, make sure to leave a five-star review too. It will help me out a lot and help other people find the podcast. Until next time.